is Gunnar Esaias, and then you are listening to Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast presented by the Boomer Esaias Foundation and GunnarEsaias.com. This podcast series has been made possible by Vertex, Novartis, DCU, and Atlantic Health. The views expressed on Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast are that of Gunnar Esaias and Leah Farone, Tiffany Rich, and guests, and are not necessarily those of the Boomer Esaias Foundation. Nothing in this podcast series should be considered medical advice. Such advice can only be given by a physician who's experienced with cystic fibrosis. The Boomer Esiason Foundation, Gunnar and Leah Farone, Tiffany Rich, and guests cannot be held responsible for any damage which may result from using the information on this podcast without the permission of your medical doctor. You're listening to Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast. All right, back again for a, another episode of Breathe In, and this one's actually a very special Breathe In podcast episode because we are now celebrating Tiffany's one-year anniversary of her double lung transplant. That's right, today, November 30th, is one year to the day since Tiffany was transplanted. Tiffany, how does it feel? It feels amazing. It's my lung anniversary. yeah. <laughs> a lung, <laughs> lung anniversary. Did you coin that term yourself? Uh, I don't think so. I think I she wish it, but, you know, <laughs> oh. uh, it yeah, kind of. You never know. We'll throw. We'll, we can throw a trademark on it and see what happens. Yeah. Right. Girl. All right. So today, I you know I think what we should do is since it is your lung anniversary, uh, we should talk about your process through lung transplant. We've already talked much about uh, over the past couple weeks leading up to your lung transplant. I think today we should talk about you know the, the actual day itself, <coughs> from the call to the waiting to going to get the actual surgery, and then the recovery period. Uh, and I always love to sort of hear what it's like from people who have gone through transplants um, to hear, you know, sort of talk about it in their own words. So why don't you tell us about the call? Okay. So well, the call came at around 2.30 in the morning, my oh. time. And how, how does that they, happen? Like, do you have a special phone or what? Yeah. So my it, they call you on your phone. And it was weird because usually I have my phone kind of not near me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like on my bed so I could feel a vibrate but not cl- uh, close contact with me this day it was on the opposite side of me and it was tucked <clears throat> under my thigh oh. so I felt it but I missed the first call uh-huh. and it says on, and it, yeah, what, yeah, you're not awake at 2.30am <laughs> yeah and then what I saw the last ring and it said unknown. So I thought maybe it's a telemarketer, you know, something. Yeah, one of those things. But they called right away back. So I was like, oh, well, this must be important. So I got the call and the doctor was saying, you know, we have an offer for you. And I was like, oh, oh. An offer. Okay. And, you know, you get all <laughs> jittery and everything and then my mom goes to work at 2 30 in the morning so she was up and she came in my room and was like why are you on the phone and i'm trying to hear the doctor uh-huh. and she's over here chatting and i was like it's the call it's the call she's like, oh my gosh oh my gosh you know <laughs> and uh so i told they thought i was in um down south brentwood but uh-huh. i'm a north so they were giving me extra time so like uh we, you don't have to be here until eight i was like what how do you go to sleep after a call like this uh-huh. <laughs> you know so um i didn't go to sleep my mom's frantically i'm calm i'm calm as a cucumber over here uh-huh. my mom's freaking out and we didn't have a bag packed because 
um, I was going to do that, but I never had the energy. Weren't you on the transplant list for like two years? And you never had you never had a bag packed for the moment. The no. funny thing that is, could that could be that could I think that might be karma like waiting for you to to pack your bag before you finally get the call. Obviously, that's not what happened, but uh, three years I I would have I mean packed the bag like they had three years prepared no, that that's like I mean, that wanted, that's like, procrastinating that's, that's procrastinating yeah, on your homework to like the nth degree to. As you know, the the most ultimate procrastination job I've ever heard of in my life. <laughs> okay, well I had all the I had all the stuff. I had all the stuff. Okay, I just Did didn't you pack know. It. Well, but probably not. I didn't have everything, but I had a good majority of stuff, and I ended up not needing it for a while. So let's just yeah. yeah. But okay, so my mom packed the bag, and I'm here calling people. And no one answers their phone around, around like 2.30 or 3 a.m., by the way. And especially Leah doesn't either. Yeah. Well, that's and like 5, it's like, ahead. yeah, that's 5.36, you're at our time. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think I called, how many times did I call you? You, you called me legit like 30 or more. Yeah, I did. Like, it might have even been 50. But the thing is, my phone's always on silent, or it always was. Now it's on vibrate. I think I learned my lesson. But, yeah. um, <laughs> yeah, so you might have called me. A good, like, 50 times, and then you had my sister's number, and you like, called her a couple times, but she sleeps like a rock, so there was yeah, no way she was picking up. No, I didn't think so. <laughs> so, I was just calling people, and the first person that answered was my best friend's sister, who's at Chico State, and she said her body told her to wake up five minutes before I called her. Oh, wow. So, that so was weird. pretty insane. That is weird. So, That's she knew crazy. something was going on. Was there, was yeah. there like, any indication yeah, that they, so, like... Uh, that like that that you knew this was to be like had you done dry runs before or was this yeah, like no the dry first? Runs. This, was this, the only this is the only call you ever got in two years and eight months. And it's the call. only call you've ever gotten. Oh wow, because you hear stories about people that go through dry runs where you they go through hear like about yeah. people getting like two to three dry runs before they At actually least. get the transplant. Yeah, a dry right, run. Yeah. A dry, for those of you who may not know, a dry run is when they call for transplant, but the lung is or the lungs are not viable for transplant. So that's right. what, that's why we call it a dry run. Yes. I was fortunate enough to do one and go. Um, so then we left our house. I said bye to my kitty. And uh, we went to Stanford. And on the way to Stanford, I was looking at cars at, during traffic. And I was like, what are you doing today? I bet you're not going to get lungs. I'm getting lungs. <laughs> you would do that. I, I was. I was totally looking out at the cars and just like i'm getting lungs i'm getting lungs and uh so we got excitement is an, is an understatement yeah no right. it was it was pretty it was yeah i was calm though which was really good like i wasn't freaking out or getting nervous or anything um, i just was really really calm and then uh on the way to stanford my oxygen concentrator stopped working what yeah. How so, long, how long is the drive? Uh, an hour or, well, it depends on traffic. I think it's like an hour and thirty minutes or oh, less. Wow. So this is quite the drive. But that's probably with traffic. So I freaked out. I was <clears throat> freaking out. We had to pull over to the side. Good thing we had tanks in the car, so we strapped those on. What a, and I was what a horrendous freaking, that would have been. Had you not even made it to the hospital? Oh, I know. Oh my god, that would have sucked. 
Oh, yeah. I was freaking out. My mom was like, you need to calm down. We're okay. Everything's going to be fine. Uh, so then we got to Stanford. We pull in. There, it's like a, it's a U. So there's valet there. And my mom parks. No, she doesn't park. She forgets <laughs> to put the car in park and jumps out of the car. And we start rolling backwards. <laughs> and she has to jump in. And put Ner- in park. Nerves that's are at an all-time high right that's now. That's how freaky, like how uh, insane she was feeling. You know, she was like all freaking out. And, totally understandable. Which a mom, a mom is, yeah. you know. She's allowed and, that. She's definitely allowed that. Yeah, and my dad was there because he was already at work. And he actually was building um, a Stanford uh, thing in Redwood City, so he <laughs> got there before us and had a wheelchair ready for me and everything. So that we got there, got admitted, and then when you get admitted, uh, you go through um, X-ray, mm-hmm. you get a EKG, and you get five million uh, blood draws, um, and then you have, then you wait. That's basically what happens. You get there, you do all of this stuff, and you wait. So and you're waiting for the organs to arrive, obviously. Exactly. Like, they have to get it all done. And um, we waited. I had all my friends there. We had a big party because we waited, I think, how long was it? Like, 36 hours until I got time. the transplant? <clears throat> we waited yeah, 36 we had, hours? I mean, you didn't. Yes. From the time the call it was came. a long time. Yeah. yeah. How, because... Uh, so what happened, I think, was that they kept pushing the OR and the lungs that my donor had, they were in a car accident uh-huh. and they had punctures on them. Uh-huh. And so they had to patch those before they put them in me. So I guess they were just making sure doing testing and everything on my donor to make sure they were good lungs, By good way. enough to transplant with me. Uh-huh. And apparently they were, uh-huh. but we had, um, I had all my friends there. We called ourselves the braid brigade because we all put our hair in braids, which I have braids in today. <laughs> and we just celebrated life and new lungs and that I was going to actually be able to breathe. Uh-huh. And, uh, it was, it was actually fun. We, I think Stanford was okay with us being really loud and having a party because most things that happen there are not you know not fun mm-hmm. you don't want to be in a hospital so i think the that we had so much fun that they were just so happy to have something good happening so and, so your your friends are at the hospital now and you're obviously sort of anticipating the the major surgery that's about to happen yeah uh, you know what what was what was that like to sort of wait between the call towards the beginning of surgery. I mean, did you have any fear about the surgery or were you just totally Um, ready to rock? Okay. So I was, (laughs) so I kept being calm. I was coloring, coloring like me. me. You colored a lot. I colored a lot. I have the picture over the, over in my um, bed or whatever, my dresser that I was coloring before I went into transplant. And I, I didn't talk much. They were all talking to me. I wanted to just stay calm. And I was like, you guys just need to talk to me. That's all you got to do. Because you get anxiety. You're like, uh, this is going to be a major surgery. I'm going to go into this. And I'm getting new lungs and new engine put in me. <laughs> and I'm going into OR and all this stuff. So I was just trying to keep calm. And being waiting for 
that long after the call is insane. And they actually let me, they knew what time the OR was going to be. And the guy came in and said, you know, you haven't ate and we're going to let you eat. So you have this from this time to this time to eat. And all my friends went to In-N-Out Burger. They went to Safeway. They went to uh, whatever other store they could and got me a whole bunch of food so I could eat. (laughs) And that made me feel better because then I had my, my good meal. Mm-hmm. And I was just ready to, I was ready to rock. Then they told me that they would hang up an IV. Uh, I think it's vancomycin mm-hmm. before I went into surgery, like a half hour before. So when the nurse came in with that bag, I started freaking out. I started uh-huh. kind of like really nervous. And then um, I got a, a reaction from the vanco. <laughs> Because uh, I never, you and well, everyone I, else, <laughs> I've never been. I was, I've never been on it. I hate and it. So that much. was the first time I've been on it. I was like itchy and red, and mm-hmm. I guess, and then I probably, it probably was nerves too, uh-huh. mixed with it. So then, it was time to go. After that, and all my friends were sleeping on the floor, <laughs> and we were trying to get me to, like get a little rest in but it didn't really happen but they were sleeping on the floor they all came from san francisco and they had to work the next morning and they stayed until they had to leave until i went in the or they they stayed now yeah. I, I mean did you what did you say goodbye or did you you know oh were, yeah were there's you a anticipate video. were you anticipating like coming back i mean you know oh, yeah no, there was a video of me leaving uh-huh. them i um so I didn't cry until I got to the OR doors. I got to the OR doors and I just like let it out. I was just, it was a very emotional moment because my life was going to change. Uh-huh. I was going to go in there and I'm going to come back with different lungs. So everything's going to change and for the better, for sure. Yeah. But uh, I, I was crying because I was, it's basically like you're saying see you later but you're saying goodbye to like you know you don't know you don't know what's gonna happen it's unknown so I cried and I just told them I love them and that uh and to tell Taylor Swift that I love her (laughs) (laughs) and uh, yeah there's a video of me uh, getting rolled in and the guy that rolled me in he just told us what was gonna happen and you know it's a good thing we're gonna get me all fixed so yeah, so then I rolled into the OR and talked to the anesthesiologist about everything. Then I met everybody in there, and then a guy came in on the phone saying, it's a go, let's do it. And I got on the table and got my uh, arterial bl- uh, blood IV, the, the arterial line. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, mm-hmm. that they check. Um, and Ugh. then they gave me the nice stuff and lights out i yep and i just started uh i think i got to like two and i was out (laughs) and i don't remember anything and then after that so how long was the surgery from there seven hours and 30 minutes all right and then you you wake up or do you kind of come out of it after a few days you know what's that like so i woke up they were wheeling me somewhere. I woke up for a split second and I saw my friend Sarah. That's the only person I saw. And she checked a um, whiteboard on my lap because I told her that I forgot mine. 
and because when you have a breathing tube, you can't talk, mm-hmm. you can't communicate. So I wanted a whiteboard, which I would very highly suggest a whiteboard. Uh, it helps me a lot. Um, mm. So that's the only person I saw. And then I went back to bed and then um, I was in the ICU. That's And then I woke up and I had my breathing tube in. I just remember just waking up and just being like, oh, I made it. <laughs> I'm here. So... So, yeah. so, I mean, how long was the, how long were you intubated in? You know, what was that recovery process like? So I was intubated. Leah, do you remember? You when... know what? While we're talking about this, I'm going to go pull up all the posts that I wrote while you were okay. going yeah. through this because I think it was 36 hours, but I'm not 100%. Yeah. It was something so... like that. I was intubated and then <clears throat> I was able, I was good. I got up out of, the, it was 24 hours. I was out of the bed and sitting and doing walking a little bit and then um i think the next day my heart couldn't handle it so i had to get intubated again oh and that that is definitely not a pleasant thing no that's that was rough and i guess it's common to do that because we've had we had other people that said that happened to them as well um then they actually the intubation was too big for me, I guess, because they had it on hand and it was too big for my throat. And I was um, unable to swallow and talk. Like I had no voice. So that's why I said the whiteboard (laughs) saved my life (laughs) for communication. You got Uh, excavated within the first 18 hours of recovery. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then I got intubated again. And then, and then I he, think we, yeah. we kept we kept me intubated for a little while, a few days, just I to think make it was sure. Like three days, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just is that is that sure. is that a comfortable thing? I mean, I, I have no idea. Oh That's no, like. I hated it's... it. Oh oh no, it's I. You I got to never, a point where you were so like delusional from, like when you're in the ICU as a patient, you don't know like what time is the day, what time mm-hmm. is the night. A lot of times there aren't windows, things like that, and a lot of people get delusional. And I think you got to the point where. You were so delusional and you had so much anxiety and they were trying to treat you for that that you kept trying to pull out the tube. And like that was like their biggest thing and they had to like resedate you for a while. <laughs> I'm oh. stubborn. But it's such a natural reaction for people. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you'd think like, oh, I wouldn't do that if I were in that situation. But like imagine having a tube down your throat and like yeah. you're coming out of something not really knowing like what's going on. Right. You know, it's just. Yeah. Yeah. So then I got better and then they take took out the breathing tube and I was good, did good. I got up, walked and did everything, but I couldn't do the swallow test because that intubation was too big for me. So what, what, so what is the swallow, swallow test? Like what does that entail? So basically they give you, they put a camera up your nose to look down at your vocal cords and then they give you either a ice chip and see how you do. Um, swallowing it and then they go to like applesauce and so they like, go to so like you either choke or like that's it <laughs> exactly pretty much yeah they just see what you can handle and my left vocal cord was too slow it was very lazy uh-huh. uh, because of that and I couldn't swallow now is, is so, there any is there any permanent damage from any of this no no so it's all I'm, it's all I'm sort good. of good yeah they um they 
were they were telling me like oh it could be permanent damage you know we could go down go in with botox or whatever i was like no i think i'm gonna be okay thank you <laughs> I'm stubborn with that stuff. I'm like, don't, I don't want to do anything unless I know for a fact. So, um, we had to do an NJ tube, NG tube, um, for a while. And then after a little bit, they're like, okay, you lost a lot of weight. I think I went down to 81 pounds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I it was 95 when I went into transplant. So I lost a lot of weight and, they decided to do the NJ or not NJ GJ tube, uh-huh. and you're stopped. And so I got that. You're right. So we put that in. So I mean, like, so, that, so that, that's obviously another surgery. Like, what now? How was yeah. that on your lungs? On your new lungs? It was, like, is, I it was fine. I guess I I was half awake and I still had um, chest tubes in, and they were able to do it. It was fine. I didn't feel much. It was just it hurt afterwards. Yeah, that, really that, bad. That pain you complained sucks. more about that pain than you did the pain that you had right after transplant. Yeah. You know, not that you could complain after transplant because I mean, yeah, totally. I, listen, you I, couldn't listen, talk. I've, but... I've done the, I've done the G two thing. That <laughs> surgery sucks, right? Like I mean, the the first three, it like how it for me it was at least two or three weeks of just like her, like just I not like it. stubborn pain is what I would call it. Right. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, no, it's major it muscles. So and mm-hmm. I didn't want to do PT. I told them, I was like, I can't walk. <laughs> with yeah, because, it. You're, yeah, because you're, you're, right you're Well, that was a lot are. of the problem is they put that in yeah. and you hadn't really had a lot of PT to begin with because, I mean, you kept getting reintubated, you know? Yeah. And then you finally were at a place where I was like, okay, now we can start the PT. And they're like, oh, hey, let's shove this in your stomach. You're like okay because you think oh it can't be that bad and then <laughs> it is that bad yeah. and then, and like, then okay, I have well, why aren't you walking like, yeah. right I don't know. and then I have chest tubes in they got rid of two of them pretty early on and then I had five total so the other ones stayed in for a while because of the punctures that were in my lungs that they were patching they want they I had to keep my chest tubes in until those were to a certain um, size. Uh-huh. So I that's why I was in there for so long. I was in the hospital for 32 days. I got out on New Year's Eve. So, uh, you know, for, for, you're in there for 32 days. What, what do you do for 32 days? Like, you, you're, you, 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 you think don't. you think you have a second chance at life here, and you're like, yeah. I can't go Oh, anywhere. I didn't see. I couldn't see the light. I There was a point that I was like, I'm never getting out of here. I'm never, mm-hmm. I'm never leaving. Like, what's going on? And it was, it was, it's rough. It's, it's a lot, especially the medications that you're put on. They're such high doses, and their side effects suck. So, prednisone being one of them, you get a lot of anxiety. Then you get insomnia and all this other stuff. So you can't really sleep. You're never alone. That was my. Pr- I hated that I was never alone. I never had some privacy, which mm-hmm. you want privacy at least. I'm like, can you just give me five minutes? <laughs> but there are so many. Like, everybody would come in at every minute of the time. I had people, and all I want to do is sleep, and I couldn't do that because there are so many people just coming in, which I understand. It's a big surgery, and you need the help, but... 
you need your sanity too. But yeah, I was just fortunate that my mom was there to help me and do everything, um, you know, for me. And she helped the nurses when they weren't in there. She could do most stuff. I think I always told her, you should just be a nurse because you're doing (laughs) such a good job (laughs) with everything. (laughs) But it's just like being in the hospital when you have a lung infection. They don't, they come and wake you up and all that stuff, but it's to like 100% more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? is, there, is there anything yeah. you would like tell the care providers, like the people working in the ICU and the transplant unit? Like what, what, what could they do to, I guess, make it a smoother transition? You know, like obviously they're doing what they can to keep you alive, but, you know, I'm sure they, like any other profession out there, would love to hear some feedback. Yeah, uh, I know, and then I know this is like hard to do, but the nur- the night nurses when it's when it's bedtime, don't come in and turn on all the lights. I had a whole bunch of nurses just turn on all the lights, and all you want to do is sleep, and that's your healing process. You need sleep, so some of them, and they're very loud, mm-hmm. and. I feel mm-hmm. like some stuff you don't need to be super loud about. Um, you also don't then, need to turn on every light in the room. And like, you don't need to turn right. on every light. Yeah. And some of them, like, have headlamps, which helps. You know, mm-hmm. that helps uh, to do that so that you're not making it so bright. And then, you know, you keep that keeps you awake with the lights and stuff because you think it's day now <laughs> with all right. the lights. And I think... Just uh, allowing me to sleep more, <laughs> just sleeping in general, and not having five million people come in a room at once. <laughs> I think, like, because <laughs> there would be times that literally everyone came in. Like, they they should have like a different timing thing because I'd have the doctors come in. Then there's PT. Then there was um, the thoracic surgeons and then the nurses all at once and it was so overwhelming that I was just like no I need everybody to leave it's just yeah it's just like keep you have to keep yourself in a comfortable situation you have to be comfortable and I was not comfortable with that stuff you know I mean had had you ever had a major surgery before like had you ever gone through anything that could have prepared you for something like that, you know, because people, you know, sometimes people yeah. tear, tear their ACL and they have to get a, like a surgery and they're in the hospital for a day or two, you know, like generally people with CF, although we have our little procedures here and there, you know, we're never really knock on wood for the most part experiencing big time surgeries. Yeah. And the only, uh, when I was a baby, I did the meconium ileus, but it's not like I remember that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And, I got the embolization in my port. That's about to the extent yeah. that my, and those are nothing. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Compared to this one. Those it's are like absolutely nothing. nothing. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think anything can really prepare you because it's just, it's such a huge surgery and everybody's so different mm-hmm. and you know, it, different bodies and react to different things and we all are have a different process of transplant some people are only in for 
what a week some people are in for three months it 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 all depends on the person and I'm just so lucky and fortunate to be here today talking with you guys and I just feel so blessed to have my donor and you know just being able to breathe and live because it was to a point that we didn't know how long I had you know so mm-hmm. it's just uh it's very um, I'm very grateful and yeah it's it's awesome and I can't believe it's been a year <laughs> I can't either uh, neither can I I I uh because I, was around this time is when I met Leah last year around you know mm-hmm. holidays yeah, and I I think I actually met her when we were doing like the Tiff Got Lungs video or whatever, and yeah, so it, it definitely has flown by, and obviously you've done a lot since the transplant has happened, right? So yeah. now that we've gotten the surgery, you must have had the greatest New Year's Eve party in the history of <laughs> mankind. All right. Well, I watched Finding Dory and I went to bed at ten. Okay, well, we'll we'll give we'll give I guess we'll give you that one. For so you did it at home, that, so um, that was like a big. That deal. was, like, it was, but I, yeah, yeah, it was like my freedom day. Yeah, so <laughs> you know, like, I I think like what what do you feel like you can do now that you have lungs? You know, like that you can breathe again. Like, what is your? I can, I'm just grateful that I can walk up the stairs without for like having a cough attack. And freaking out, you know, my lungs freaking out. It's just amazing. Mm-hmm. And just the little things. It's so weird. The little things mean so much. Just being able to go walk and not get out of breath and not cough up mucus. And, and you know, it's really the little things that just make you just so grateful. It's weird mm-hmm. um, that I can do, I can do things. I can go to Zumba. Uh-huh. I can go, you know, go do the walkathon for cystic fibrosis. I can, you know, and, and then if I go out with my friends, I don't feel like I'm a burden anymore. They don't have to hold things for me. <laughs> they don't have to, do, you know, they don't have to worry about me like they did before. Right. And it's just, it's awesome. <laughs> I, and I can do my makeup now. Makeup's a very, hey. very, my big passion. Yeah, and it's hard doing your makeup when you don't feel good. Yeah, especially oh, if you I get know. really bad back pain. Totally. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you I, I, I totally got you on that one. No, it's actually really, it's a it's lot really of hard. work. Yeah. It's a lot of work. And I remember before transplant, I would sit down and there's this thing called a beauty blender. And it's a <laughs> little sponge. Steps. It's a, it's a, it's a sponge, but you have to get it wet. So I would sit down and then I would, I wouldn't have my beauty blender wet. So I would have to go all the way to the bathroom to get it wet. And I would cough along up and then do, you know, my puke and then (laughs) back to here (laughs) and uh, get back over here and start doing my makeup and get so out of breath doing it. And now I can do it. And. It just makes me so happy because I love makeup. <laughs> so. and it, you know, it, it, it sounds like your your new lease on life here has really shown you a lot. And I, I think Leah and I have really learned. I know Leah's definitely learned a ton from you because she's known you for a lot longer than I have. But I have I've definitely learned, learned quite a bit from you as well and, and having been your friend and having gotten the pleasure of knowing you. And, and I do think that there is something to be said about 
you know, going through something quite, you know, quite like you did and, you know, finding the strength to persevere through those 30 days of hell and the recovery and, you know, not knowing whether it's daytime or nighttime and dealing with the night nurses and having to get reintubated several times. You know, those are things that not every single person is going to have to do in their lifetime. And the mm-hmm. fact that you were able to overcome that and, you know, here you are a year later is really the testament to, you know, I think the, the backbone that a lot of people with cystic fibrosis have and especially those who have gone through double lung transplant. Right. It's right. It's amazing. It's a miracle. And I'm just so fortunate, honestly. Just so and grateful. And I think, like, just how positive you were through everything, like, all that time you waited and then how hard your recovery was, you never got negative. Like you never did. You had days where you were like fed up, but you were always positive about it because you're like, the outcome is going to be better, you know? And I just don't think, especially people that like don't have CF or they don't have some major thing they've had to deal with. They don't get how hard that actually is to do. You know, I just don't think people gave you enough credit for how positive you were through that entire thing. You know, like, even when, like, I have bad days, I'm like, okay, it's not as bad as your worst day. So I can stay positive through this, you know? So I don't know. I thought that was pretty amazing to be yeah. a part of. Yeah, and it's a it's a good day. It's a good day today because prednisone goes tapered down, too. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, for real. So, so, you know, yeah. I, I think, you know, we're sort of running out of time here, but I, I think – it is the one year long anniversary or the, l- the lungs anniversary or whatever we call it. Long anniversary. Long, the lung anniversary. Get it right. Yeah, yeah. The lung anniversary <laughs> trademark TM. Uh, and, you know, I, I think, you know, it'd be great to end this podcast before we do our little sign off, obviously, uh, where, you know, is, is this just something you wanted to like say to your donor? Have you thought about that? You know, have, you know, what if, if you could talk to him or her right now, you know, what would you. You know, what would you say? I'd literally just say thank you for giving me the second chance at life. Um, I don't know what I would do without them. And they just by them checking the box and being a donor and think just you changed my life. And um, for their family, too, thank you, because I'm just I'm very grateful and you know, I'm getting a little emotional. Okay. Uh, but yeah. And like, honestly, I just I want to say thank you. And I'm so grateful and I'm, I want to honor them as much as possible because they're living through me. Their legacy is living through me. So organ donation is a, such an amazing thing. So, yeah, <laughs> it definitely is. And Tiffany, you are the, uh, the shining star here on the podcast today and definitely proof positive that lung transplant and transplantation and organ donation is something that people really need to get involved with because sure. you're, someone's legacy, like you said, is living on uh, long after they are gone. Yeah, exactly. So with that, we're going to bring today's episode to a close. Uh, Tiffany, I hope you enjoy the rest of your long anniversary. Uh, and if, <laughs> if you want to see us podcast about something specific, definitely reach out to us. Uh, you can get a hold of me at gunnersblog.org. You can talk to the Salty Sisters at saltysisters at gmail.com. Sisters is spelled like it is on Tiffany's hat, C-Y-S-T-E-R-S. There it is. Uh, <laughs> they have the Etsy store. Where is the Etsy store? At Salty um, Sisters. Yeah. Salty Sisters. You just type in yeah. Salty Sisters. That's the, the store name. 
There it is. And then you can also get a hold of us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And remember to follow the podcast on Instagram. Our Instagram handle is... At breathe underscore n underscore pod. <laughs> yes, breathe in pod. All right. And then also on iTunes. Very important to like, share, and review. It's very important. Make sure you do that. Yes. So yes. important. Like, like, share, review. Oh, and rate. <laughs> Give us five stars. Oh, yeah. Five, right. stars. five stars. Five stars. Five stars. There it is. For five my long anniversary. Yes, five stars. That's five my stars. present. Yes, yes. Tiffany's presents can be five stars on iTunes. Thanks, guys, for uh, <laughs> for joining us today. And, Tiffany, thank you so much for, for sharing your story with us and the audience. Thank you. I'm so happy. <laughs>